Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Hi. Welcome, everyone. Here we are uh, in part two of our 2012 in review. Uh, I'm thrilled to have in the studio today our old friend Aaron Ginsberg. Hello. And our new friend John Ross Bowie. Hello. Uh, thanks for being here, guys. Um, I asked you guys here because um, we've talked a lot about what a rough year this was for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, you guys had pretty good years. You, you did all right writing-wise. That's true, I guess. Yeah, um, I can't complain. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, and Aaron, I want to start with you because sure. one of the uh, podcasts that people talk to me a lot about that we put out this year was the um, staffing season wrap-up yes. that we did with Josh Friedman and Andrew Miller and Alexa Young. Um, how was your staffing season? We, I don't think we've had you on the microphone since then. Oh, right? yeah. No, I don't think we have. How, how did things go for you and Wade? Uh, it was very strange. It was a strange staffing season because I was still uh, under contract uh, for a show called The Finder. The Finder right. had not been canceled yet, and as it got closer and closer to um, you know staffing season, in the middle of staffing season... Um, it became – basically, we thought – we knew early on it's going to get canceled. So the Finder was the Bones spinoff. Yeah, right? the Bones right. spinoff. And we – it was – the ratings were, like, in the middle. Like, it was getting pretty good numbers, I, I think. My memory was they were better than expected. But, like, Fox didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. It kind of had this, like, whimsical tone mm-hmm. that didn't really mesh with, I think, what Fox was trying to do, which is darker, edgier stuff. Bones is pretty. I mean, I did an episode of Bones, and Bones is is pretty whimsical. Yes, I don't think they entirely like that either. Okay, fair enough. And um, in fact, Hart has talked about yes, that. Yes, Hart this mentions it and elsewhere. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not shy to, about that no. part of it. That the, the, the network isn't. He, they keep it on because it brings in so many viewers. But right. if they if it if it didn't, they'd cancel it. Yeah, in a it's second. not their model. They want to make no. twenty four again. Yes. Oh, I see. Interesting. So so the finder was we did a show a couple years ago. Wade and I, my writing partner, who's been on this podcast mm-hmm. as well, uh, we did fan a show favorite. called Fan Favorite. <laughs> we did a show called The Good Guys, which was yeah. in a very similar oh, yeah. tone. So at, once we started making the finder, it kind of felt like, oh my god, we're getting to do the good guys all over again. Except we knew where the good guys landed, which was cancellation. Right. So once you're at Europe, we're like literally on the same road, like the same tone, the same fun, the same cancellation. So in <laughs> staffing season, I, we just assumed it would be, and, and our agents were like, yeah, we have to get you out there. So we, we did yeah. a ton of, of staffing meetings. Like we went out. Well, that's great. To a lot of, I mean, we we talked to a lot of people who just did, could, couldn't even get the meetings. Really? So that's pretty impressive. Oh, we, yeah. uh, Catherine Humphreys was back, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked to her, and she was sort of in a similar position that you guys were in, where she knew the show that she was on was going to get canceled, and you just have to resign yourself to yeah. going out to these things, and if it doesn't, great. Because uh, she liked that show as you guys liked Finder. Yeah, I mean, we had we had worked with them, obviously working with Josh Friedman and Massa and Zinman. We've had like a great staff of people, and Hart is just uh, he's just a great, great boss and a great showrunner. So we wanted it to keep going, sort of selfishly, but you know, sure, you know, if we could find something new, we were always open to it. But we we were in this meeting for the Mob Doctor. Sure. Um, which, which I is, which is the show Catherine's on now. Oh, is it? No way. Well, we were in the meeting and and. Uh, David Berman. Is it David? Josh. Josh, Josh Berman. Wait, 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 wait. What's the mob doctor about? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was a temporary title. 
when I read the pilot. <laughs> it like, sounds like, like the, it sounds like we just heard the pitch. Like TBD mob doctor pilot or something, right? Have you guys read that pilot placeholder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we were in. It's the good, meet- but it's no TK. <laughs> <laughs> We um, so we were in the meeting and Josh Berman, I get he and him and David confused, uh, popped his head in. We were meeting with the the other writer on mm-hmm. the show, and said, "Hey, I used to work with Hart. Um, your show is getting picked up, so I'm not going to oh, even really? I'm not going to even uh, stay in this meeting. Uh, if your show gets canceled, I'll hire you. Hart loves you, uh, but I, I'm not going to be here for the meeting. Goodbye." And he left. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, that was weird and unexpected because I was like, there's no way they're picking it up. Right. He's like, I just, he had said, like, I just talked to somebody over there and they're picking it up. It's getting, <laughs> the numbers are too good for them to cancel it. And I was like, okay. And so then uh, the other guy in the interview, the, the other creator, co creator, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> says, like, What's, well, I still want to get to know you guys if you don't mind. I'd really like to, to continue the interview. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, please, let's do it. Like 10 seconds later, they a phone call comes in to him, and they had got their pickup. Oh, that's right. So right in the middle, he's like, "Oh my god, we got picked up! We got picked up!" <laughs> he's like, "Um, this meeting. Uh, I'm sorry, you guys, it's over. Uh, I need to like wow. <laughs> book travel and you know whatever." Like that's so bizarre. So the meeting kind of got thrown off, and so like we walked out of the meeting, and I was like, "Well, is the finder coming back?" Like. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. An hour later, we got news that it had been canceled. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. And that's why I'm on The Mob Doctor. No, right. I'm not. No, you're I'm not. not. So he didn't even hire me after that. Even though he said he would hire me on that show, he did not hire me. Uh, Josh didn't. Right. After that promise. No, but we met on a lot of that's things. That's Hollywood. Aaron. That's Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but we ended up on a show called Do No Harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we had worked with the, we went to school with the creator and had worked with him on another pilot for mm-hmm. uh, for Fox. Where'd you go to school? Uh, SMU, okay, uh, in Dallas, Texas, sure. the Meadows School of the Arts. We went there for undergrad, and uh, so we jumped on that show. Well, but, and that wasn't easy either. No, I don't not know easy. how much we can talk about this, but you know, just again in talking about how tough staffing was this year, you are good friends with the creator David Schulner. Yes, um, yes. and we've talked about the history you guys have on the podcast yeah, with both of you. Um, but still, you it was tough to get you guys on that show. Yeah, and it was hard for a couple of reasons. One, it's always you know, there's only so many writing jobs, mm-hmm. so you're all you know, you're always fighting. Um, and everyone has, you know, there's a bunch of different, um, it's like a chess game, right? You know, or, you know it's right. Game of Thrones or something. Everyone's trying to, like, <laughs> get their people in the limited number of slots. And, and we were, you know, in that game trying to fight for it. And we were also were trying to raise our quote. We were trying to, get, you know, jump levels and, you know, a whole, whole bunch of other things that made the that process kind of a, a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. will they, you know, what will they give us? What will, you know, what will we take you know, which is not an unusual part of getting a job. No, it's the worst. It's the worst part, right? Like yeah. even like I usually like I want my agents to handle it, and I just don't want to know about it. But because staffing season always is really crazy, you end up hearing about it yes. from them, and it's just like <laughs> anxiety, endless anxiety. Like oh god, I'm so stressed. <laughs> um, so it was stressful, even though mm-hmm. it seemed like a sure. And we had we had showrunner meetings on a bunch of shows where we were really close or had worked with mm-hmm. the showrunners. Like, these are, like, friends, people who we'd done work for, you know. And even then, it was still a struggle to get a job. So it was but a tough year. It, it was a tough year. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about your experiences on the show in a yeah. minute. But uh, John Ross Bowie. Hello. Thank you for being here. Um, my pleasure. I feel woefully outclassed Not at to all. be on this show. I was looking at your roster of guests, and I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely honored. As someone who was uh, just finishing his first year in the WGA, I feel very honored and humbled to be in such hallowed company. I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, I, 
I didn't realize this is your first year in the WGA. It's my first year. They finally they finally tracked me down. Your I'm, membership <laughs> card is still hasn't been like worn down yet. It's like still shiny, it's still shiny and yeah. new and pretty. You're yeah. still using it for discounts. Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of flashing it around. Yeah. Right. Can I get 15 cents off that latte? Thank you. <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> uh, but people probably know you as a performer. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing if that they know for me some at all. time. Come on. Come well on, known as a performer. Uh, what do they know you from? The Big Bang Theory, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, don't make me list my credits. That's awful. No, but that's like, what? But what? That's, what like are my, those? that's like friends of my my in laws do that. Like, where would I? Why where have I, I seen you, you in? Why do I? Uh, you're very familiar, and uh, um, that's not a woefully anti-Semitic. Um, the uh, you, you were good in those those board movies. Thank you. <laughs> that was yeah. That's what I tell them. I'm Matt Damon, um, and they're from Boston, so they lose their mind. Uh, they um, uh, yeah, probably they would know me uh, from a recurring role in uh, in Big Bang Theory. Beyond that, I'm. Uh, what I've heard... Uh, That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. What, heard, what do people yell at you? <laughs> uh, yes. It's, it's, usually, it's, uh, it's usually Barry Kripke from The Big Bang Theory. Okay. If I'm recognized for anything, it's that. Um, and then I get the odd, like, the really specific guys, who are like me, too, because I have a really sharp eye for character actors and for the weird work they do. And every once in a while, someone will come up to me and be like, hey, man, I like your charmed, and they'll wander away. Like, oh, <laughs> thanks, man. All right, good. Good looking out, pal. Right, that was great. like six years ago, man. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so, I'm always really touched when that happens. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, come one, come all. But if you come at me about my charm, I'm like, all right, that's that's cool. You're, you've you've done your homework, man. You're no Johnny Come Lately. <laughs> they have that still of you from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Me being attacked by the demon dogs, which is what happens. The three girls turn into demon dogs. Oh, that's like a dream. Uh, Holly Marie Combs, Rose McGowan, and Alyssa Milano turn into demon dogs, and they attack me and tear me up. Bliss, sheer bliss. Sure. I, I just took that off my reel. Like, it sat there for like five and a half years because it was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what I'm curious about. Yes. Um, you and your writing partner. Kevin sold... Sussman. You don't have to name drop here. That's cool. <laughs> name drop? Name uh, toss. You guys, you guys uh, sold a couple of pilots this year. Yes. Uh, what is your background as a writer? I mean, again, I know you as a performer, and you have a great re- reputation, too, in the kind of comedy scene here in L.A. as an improviser and uh, a comic actor. M- well, my background as a writer is um, is actually... Um, not as ex- not more extensive, but longer running. I've been writing at one level or another. You know, I wrote for the school newspaper in high school, mm-hmm. and then I wrote for a couple of local weeklies in in New York. Really? Uh, there was a the Village Voice used to have a competitor named the New York Press, um, which was another free alternative alternative weekly, and um, had amazing writers working. Matt Zoller Seitz wrote for them, and mm-hmm. um, I think uh, Matt Taibbi wrote for them. Amazing, amazing guys. And I was on their masthead for a little while in my in my twenties, writing like goings ons about town oh, type sure. pieces uh, for them. And um, so I've written my whole life, and I've always been writing. I just uh, I just started legitimately making money from it in these past couple of years. Hmm. Um, two two seasons ago, my Kevin and I sold a pitch to Fox that went all the way up through script. And um, and then Fox – it was a multicam, and Fox didn't pick up any multicams mm-hmm. that year at all, um, which is fine. Um, we actually – it was funny. The whole time 
I was like, really? Fox wants a multicam? And, that's the uh, worst. That's the worst when you know that you're yeah. like, this, they're not going to buy this. Why are, we, <laughs> why are we doing this whole... They, they bought the... You know, look, they, they were super cool to work with. They, they saw us all the way through, yeah. and we were like the last multicam to get shit canned. Yeah. yeah, we were the last multicam <laughs> to get a no. We were, like, we were, they really... And I, and I didn't feel like I was being dangled or toyed with or anything, but they really... <laughs> clearly, somebody was fighting for us over there. Yeah. It just was not meant to be. I don't think... Um, uh, the word is that the higher ups at Fox just do not care for the medium, and that's fine. You know, play to your strengths. I, and yeah, I don't sure. think it's part of the Fox brand necessarily. The one they had last year was um, I hate my teenage daughter. I think, and that, that that was multicam. It was multicam. Oh wow! And uh, it lasted. I mean, I don't even think they gave that six episodes on the air. I think no. that got canned yes. within a month. Yeah. Um, so that's you know that that is what it is. And um, but prior to that, uh, how how did you and Kevin start writing together? Well, Kevin and I. It's funny. Kevin and I had met in New York, uh, or actually no, we knew of each other in New York mm-hmm. um, because we were both. Um, when I started going out for commercials in the late 90s, it was the dot-com boom, and there were a ton of uh, dot-coms that were casting their commercials. They had heaps of money, heaps of startup cash. The economy was doing great, and they were they, they threw it all into advertising um, and nothing into their business model. So they, there was a dot-com ad about three times a week, and they all needed nerds. <laughs> they all needed oh, nerds right. to represent of the dot com and the burgeoning internet. Sure. So I don't know if you if you can if you're listening at home, please Google myself and then Google Kevin Sussman <laughs> and uh, do an image search, and you will find out that, that we actually went out a great deal for commercials in the late '90s for this dot com or that dot com. So I would see him all the time, Funny. and he was constantly booking out from under me. And finally, I had to look at the sign in sheet, and I was like, Kevin Kevin Sussman, okay, that's my arch enemy. This guy, <laughs> this guy is my fucking Lex Luthor. So. I um, and then he moved out here a few years ago to work on Ugly Betty with my friend Anna, and um, and so now I now I had a friend in common with him. I was just like, oh, right, fine. You can't beat him. Join him. And he um, and then he came at me with a script he was working on. He was working on a, a multicam script, uh, a thing called Managing Marvin that we wrote together. Um, he actually really just wanted me to do like a joke punch for him oh, or with him, and um, and we just had a pretty easy time writing that together, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then to get into the nuts and, and bolts of the, the business level, yeah, um, uh, we wrote a sci-fi script called Dark Minions together. An hour long? A uh, half hour uh, sci-fi comedy, which mm-hmm. is basically about um, two guys who are down on their luck. One has alimony payments. One has student loans. And they take the only job that is available, which is working for an evil space station that is uh, circling Fantastic. the galaxy, trying to take it over. Stormtroopers. Planet by planet. <laughs> they're, they're temps on the Death Star, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was fin- the pitch. That's fantastic. So we wrote that. Nobody wanted it. But it got us a blind script deal at Sony. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's one of those scripts, which is never a bad thing. That and it's then that, a dream project, but it gets you lots of attention. That's the happy ending, is that this year Amazon uh, bought it, and they're going oh, to make a pilot. That's amazing. They, I think I could say this now because they're casting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to make a pilot um, for, for Dark Minions that's, some three years after its last draft. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. unbelievable. I'm available to play um, whoever you want. Good to know. Good to know, man. Good <laughs> yeah. to know. I just feel like um, if he's stepping into the writing world, no, it's, it's only, only fair. fair that you step into the yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so this was was always something uh, Kevin at first, and then you also were pursuing uh, was the writing aspect. Of it. Oh yeah. Well, I've always. I mean, it's it's a it's something I, I do enjoy doing, and mm-hmm. b there's a certain economic necessity. I mean, you sure. know, I. I Maybe recognized at Starbucks, but two or three Big Bang theories a year will not, you know, pay my mortgage. 
<laughs> so there is a certain um, one must diversify. <laughs> but also, um, you know, I'm such a fan of TV and movies. And, and when I got – when I moved out to Los Angeles, I had this – and I still kind of have this – this enthusiasm and this need to like I want to try everything. I don't actually want to direct there's like one. There's like I'm the actor in town really? who actually doesn't want to direct. Oh well, God. wait till you have your own show. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it changes. It looks exhausting. It looks so. T- you can never nap. <laughs> um, but the. Um, but I. I, I kind of want to. At the risk of seeming like a dilettante, I really kind of want to just reach out and try every little thing I possibly can. And I, I, I never pass on acting work, hardly ever, unless it like absolutely offends me to my mortal coil. Uh, there's a part of me that's just like, oh, I can't be a part of this. You know, like, we're filming Mein Kampf, you know, like something like that. But for the uh, What's mo- the part? Hear <laughs> yeah, me out here. Um, uh, is it like top of the line or where you um, the, uh, uh, So, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just very eager to try every aspect of this this business mm-hmm. and 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 it's been exciting so far yeah that's fantastic um so you you had the script and you got the blind script deal uh did you have to how, how did that work did you have to pitch ideas for what this script that came out of that deal would be yes we got the blind script deal with sony and what we uh, have done in the past two development seasons is we've gone in to uh, to the executives at Sony, the comedy guys at Sony, sat down with them and pitched them three to five half baked ideas, and and they're supposed to be half baked at this sure. point. They're they're so they're not supposed don't you know? Well, if you're pitching three to five, absolutely. yeah, exactly. They're they're not supposed to be incredibly detailed. You know, you don't need to come in with a bible for each series. No one like, likes an overcooked idea. No, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm it's better to go. Yeah. Al dente. Al dente, indeed, indeed. Right. Um, so you, you, you come advice. in, you, you come in with your raw pasta, and you uh, <laughs> and they decide which ones they would like to cook. Oh, uh, hey. metaphor extended. <laughs> and um, listeners at home, Ben Blacker just literally did a face palm with the microphone. <laughs> yeah, pressed his forehead against the microphone in in shame at that. And John Bowie did not blame him. No, it didn't blink really. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you go in with with uh, those ideas, and they tell you which ones they would like to represent. Mm-hmm. They would like to bring to a network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and have, I assume, I won't assume. Have you gone in and uh, you know you've pitched three to five, and they've said eh, none of those come back. Not yet. That's great. Not yet. That's great. Um, we've uh, they've been uh, able to pick something out. Of yeah, those. they've been able. To, they've, they had one each year. That they were like, okay, we'll go buy them, and we were fortunate enough to to sell each of the one. They they uh, mm-hmm. no bidding wars or anything, but we were fortunate enough to sell these uh, one per season, mm-hmm. uh, which um, is no small feat. Which is no small feat, and is um, and um, last year my uh, self loathing was like a little beginner's luck, um, but this <laughs> this year I'm like, all right, we are busting our ass at this. Maybe this is you know something I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, we've been so the, they. Um, they take you through the pre-development. Basically, while you guys are getting staffed, um, they're they're running us through the pre-development mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ramp up yeah. to um, getting out uh, and pitching in August. Mm-hmm. And um, and how how are you guys uh, in a room? I imagine you're you're pretty good at pitching. We're pretty good. You know, it was the funniest thing uh, when the CBS deal showed up on Deadline this year. Um, I um, I read the comments because I'm say, an idiot. You didn't read the Why comments. Why would you read the comments? Do you know there was a Twitter account that is just called "Don't Read the Comments"? Yes, and every, I've seen have you that. seen that? And Popping every up lately. Yes, and every day it's just a reminder not to read the comments. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, deadline, I think, is second only to the AV Club in bile. Right? Yeah, but I will say this though: the, 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 <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing particularly unpleasant. Uh, but the one thing that um, 
uh, um, that people said were like, uh, oh, why are they letting actors write? And I was like, well, that's that's a fair question. And the and somebody answered, well, they're actors, so that means they win and they can pitch better than a lot of other writers, which may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get stage fright in front of three sure. people. I'm right. not going to um, – uh, I'll present uh, my present execution notwithstanding. I can usually string a sentence together pretty well. Um, you can do accents. I do, I do good accents. In, uh, in, in costumes, right? Do you do you a, lot, know, a lot of costumes? Right? I don't do costumes, but I do voices. Yeah, yeah I do voices. Little, well, voices. In comedy, especially, I mean, the goal is to make them laugh during but, that pitch and get your point across at the same time, and and that helps. You know, and it helps too if you can if you can. And you shouldn't have a, a heap of jokes. You should definitely emphasize when you're pitching comedy. You should definitely emphasize character. Mm-hmm. Um, character should trump pretty much everything, I think, for the long term. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's where you're going to keep coming back to. There's X amount of stories out there, but your characters need to be rich and original. And if you establish those characters, then you should also give those characters some jokes. And mm-hmm. if you can land those jokes in the room, yeah, it certainly helps. It yeah. certainly helps. So I'm actually going to agree with the deadline commenter who said, <laughs> yes, on, to a certain extent, I think actors have an easier time pitching. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of writers who can write a joke but not deliver one. I guess you know. Uh, anyway, um, now the, the question remains: Can we get anything on the air? That's you know anybody's guess at this point. <laughs> I can knock him dead in the pitch room, and nothing happens. But just so. selling it is a big no. I it mean, is that, that's a big deal, and that's that's again, it's not easy to do. Especially this year was pretty tough. Uh, did you guys make the rounds? Did you meet all of the uh, networks? Yeah. Yeah, we did uh, all four last year and all four this year. Um, they, you know, it's funny. I don't even know if you can come into. A um, if you can come into a pitch and say we just want to go to cable, mm-hmm. I think I think I mean I'm sure if you've got a, enough clout you can do that. But at our level, we've yeah. absolutely got to go to the networks first, and we have to make sure we have to try to make everybody rich first, mm-hmm. and then if that doesn't work, <laughs> we can talk about. And that's I, that's that's been proven by uh, by the arc that Dark Minions has followed because it's been a question of. I mean, absolutely everybody passed on that. The mm-hmm. networks were like, oh, this is way too crazy. And then cable outlets like Adult Swim were like, oh, this is way too normal for us. Because yeah. um, it really – it's not – even though it's sci-fi, it's it's really pretty grounded and it isn't, it isn't particularly sketchy. It's not Children's Hospital, which mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. and which I've worked on. But it's not – it doesn't have that kind of manic anarchic tone. Right. Um, it could be a network show. It could be a network show, but the, but network's very skittish about about space opera. Right. I think. You know, no, so, you're absolutely right. Um, and the other um, point I was going to make um, is gone. So there's that. I loved you on that episode of Children's Hospital, by the way. I'm a big fan. Big oh, fan. the what the baby switching yeah, one? That's yeah. the one that people were. Like. <laughs> I've been on a couple, but the baby yeah. switching one was. Uh, it's pretty funny. What's I, fun about that show is that I actually that was my idea. I pitched it. Oh no way! Yeah, and that's how that that show works. Is you kind of pitch your that. own shit. Oh. And, and did you not listen to the podcast we did with them? Yeah, oh, well, did you have those guys on? I was a little, oh, I'm a little behind, maybe. Guys. They're yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Get on, get on board. It was in the first year, Aaron. Oh, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> um, take us for just one second, and then we'll we'll open this back up again. Please. Uh, but inside those rooms. What kind of uh, personalities were you facing at the various networks? There is no set personality for a comedy executive, and. Um, um, and again, we were dealing with the comedy executive. Mm-hmm. There are there are those who are incredibly ebullient, and you're like, of course, you're in comedy. Look mm-hmm. at you, you're charming and funny. And <laughs> we're all a- laughing. Yeah, and there's other people who are just like, holy shit, I am pitching to an oil painting here, really? and and that's that is what it is. Um, um, so there's no, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's it's uh, which keeps it exciting. <laughs> but um, 
you, the the larger issue to take the lesson you you can take from the experience is um, you might not necessarily get laughs and you could still sell your thing. Oh, absolutely. So if you're eight minutes into your pitch and you think you're dying on the vine, tough it out because you never know. Yeah. I did not think I was knocking him dead at CBS this year. Really? I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going that well. This is our first one out. Maybe yeah. this is our practice run and we'll move this sucker at Fox. Um, and then 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 they bought it in the room. Wow. And so there goes to show, again, this is another iteration of the old maxim that nobody knows anything. Yeah. And, uh, a couple of years ago, Wade and I uh, were taking a half-hour single-camera pilot around that was going to star a comedian. Uh, and so he was like a co-creator, and we were kind of all were writing the pilot together. And he had never – he has very little, like, writing experience in terms of, like, how to pitch and how to be in, in the room. Like, that's not his jam. Like, he's a comedian. He does the comedian thing. And so, you know, we developed the pitch and we're like, okay, now we all have to memorize these different parts. This is what we're going to – so we – you know, there's three of us in there Mm -hmm. in a room of executives. We want to make sure we all – no one's saying the same thing. Like we have it kind of choreographed. So, you know, let you be funny. Let the comedian be funny where he needs to be. Wade and I can move the plot and Mm -hmm. character stuff when we need to where he's not great at, like, getting – and he's like, I don't know why we just don't just go in there and like wing it. It's like, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. And uh, <laughs> we were we had been pitching it around, and it was going, around, and we were at this we were at Spike, and and we got the very end of the you know we had got the pitch down, and it was we finished pitching it, and uh, the executives were like, well, uh, thank you guys. We're just we need to like, you know, just think about it, and we'll get back to you. And the comedian says, no, we need an answer right now. Oh no, he didn't. Yes, kind of like as a joke because he doesn't. But right. the look on their on the executives' face, they all went like there was four of them, and they all went like just cold, like just like the the color drained. No. And then I was like, he's kidding, he's kidding. For oh. God's sakes. funny and, people, funny. So we were all they're like, and they, they all kind of laughed at the same like. You know, the exact same, like, <laughs> If you were to put that into, like, moral form, into, like, what is the lesson learned here, yeah. is that it's a place for funny. It is not a place for bits. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think was... that's a really crucial distinction to learn when you go into the pitch room. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they bought it, actually. Yeah, they did buy it. They did? Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. But not but then and there. Not right? then and there. But we knew, because of their reactions, that they thought they had to make a decision, right? Like, it was this moment of, like... Oh, do we have to pull the trigger right now? For real? That's why. Are they making us pull the trigger right now? <laughs> well, then never mind. Then you can do bits then. All right. Well, great. I would say no. No, no, no. I would not recommend that. I, mean, I was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't do that. I don't know. I'm thinking about ending that every meeting that way. Yeah. Yeah. I we need to know right now. now. Yeah. And I need my park invalidated. I, I, this is, I have other pitches. I will say this. This is totally not related to anything. This is this is a secondhand mm-hmm. story. Although it did actually. What happened to me? Is it still secondhand? No. No. Okay, no, this is a first-hand story. from primary yeah. historical source. <laughs> so years ago, I was, uh, to make a living, worked as a, develop- a director of development for a film production company, which is exactly where I did not want to be <laughs> as a writer, on the wrong side of, ev- of right. every desk and of every phone call. <laughs> and I had been sent, uh, submitted uh, by an agent a script for the movie Panic Room that had just sure. come out, David Kep's Panic Room. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading it, and it's David Kep knows how to write a screenplay. He, sure. is, he is spectacular, and it's a great read. And I'm getting, like, you know, the Jodie Foster character is, like, trapped in a bathroom or something. I can't remember. Incredibly contained. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I tr- it's, like, page 80. And I turn, you know, 89. I turn, and it's just, and like, there's just missing. Like, it's, like, right in the climax. There's just nothing. Like, someone has <laughs> screwed up in the photocopy, you know, like, at the agency. I was like, oh, my God. But what happens? Oh, my God. So I called the agent. And I was like, ah, someone, I think your assistant screwed up. <laughs> oh, no. You need to send me the last... 10 pages or something and they said oh no no the first 89 pages are free 
the last 10 pages are $1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just look for it on the <laughs> screen. I look forward to it. So it'll be $12 then? Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll wait then. My company can't afford that. Whatever, it's a great idea. Yeah, it was a good but idea. Nobody else could get away with that. I know, it was such a good idea, though. Good I, for him, though, I've man. never good stopped thinking him. about it. I've never stopped thinking about it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and that's totally a first-person story, by the way. Yeah. yeah Sorry. That is. I guess it did happen to me. <laughs> um, I, we, we may have talked about this in the past, but because you guys both write with partners and because I do, I want to talk about it that's again. Right. Yeah. Uh, how do you and Wade work together? Uh, pretty well, actually. Pretty well. Uh, no, the mechanics The mechanics it? are pretty um, – basically – Not the emotional measure. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good friends, uh, very complimentary. Uh, no, it's very um, – we break down everything together. Mm-hmm. So like story – you know, like we talk it through pretty thoroughly. Um, and uh, once we have a pretty detailed outline or pretty detailed, you know, beat sheet, if it's that kind of thing, we just sort of divide up scenes. Usually it's, you know – since Wade's not here, I'll just lay it down. Usually Wade will say, I don't want to write this scene. This one scene, I, just, I don't – anything but that. And I'll say, all right, I'll do that one. But then mm-hmm. can I do this – if I get to do this one that you hate, I get I dessert also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we kind of split them up and then we just write based – and normally by that point we've had it so fully detailed that we kind of know sure. what it's going to shape up to. And once we have a scene, we, we kind of share scenes and kind of polish together. Mm-hmm. And, and you do it the same way for whether you're writing, say, a Do No Harm mm-hmm. or your own pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it works pretty well that way. Because once you – because really, like, the story mm-hmm. uh, in TV and everything, really, but the story is in the in the outline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, like, the most important part. If, I, if your outline isn't working – like, anyone uh, – people are like, I wrote a script in 24 hours. It's like, yeah, no, no shit. Who gives right. a shit? Like, that's the <laughs> easiest thing in the world to do. But can you write an outline in 24 hours? Yeah. No. no. That's hard. Because, like, making a really good outline that can allow a script to be written that mm-hmm. fast – because oftentimes, um, do no harm is not this way. But I've been on shows where you production the way that production works, you kind of end up a little behind the eight ball, where you don't have a lot of time to write the actual script. But it's m- so much more valuable to spend the time mm-hmm. making sure the outline works and the story works and the characters are being serviced. Yes, and oh, everything absolutely. like if that all works, like yeah, anyone can write a script yeah. in twenty four hours. You can knock like, that out. That yeah, script it, right out. Well, honestly, you don't want to have to do that, but like right. it's doable. Um, so we really spend extra time, Wade and I, when we are writing the outlines. So when we go to – we split up scenes. Usually I, I kind of know what the scene's going to look like. You know, he'll maybe add his extra flair here and there. But, mm-hmm. like, we, we know – we've already kind of agreed collectively that what this is what sure. the scene should feel like. Uh, and, and just from a, a nuts and bolts um, perspective, how do you guys break that – Story. Do you work off of your computer, his computer, a whiteboard? What do you do? We used to be whiteboard people, mm-hmm. and uh, do no harm. The David Schoner, the the creator of Do No Harm, is a really big fan of index cards, and so he he turned our writers room into like cork board on every surface. You can just like stick cards everywhere, and I was like, oh, I'm so opposed to this. Now that I've done it, I'm fully converted to cards because <laughs> you can yeah. you can move them around much quicker than a whiteboard. Mm-hmm, you don't sure. have to have a writer assistant constantly erasing and rewriting and you can take oh. ideas off and stick them in like we kind of call it the the grass like you know just stick them in a little pile mm-hmm. on the wall and then you might think that idea is totally dead and then two episodes later your eye just finds this random card mm-hmm. that was from two episodes earlier and you're like oh my god that can go that can actually go in this episode we mm-hmm. can find a way so I've, I've come around to the cards. So, now so we're, in attacking your next 
uh, spec script or yeah, script. Do you yeah. think you'll use the card? Yeah, absolutely. Right now we're doing the comic book, which I think mm-hmm. we'd mentioned. Wade and I are writing a comic book for Skybound yeah. uh, imprint. And we have been using, for that, we've been using index cards. Oh, no kidding. And it is like, it makes it so, like, today we were working on it and we realized that, like, one of the one of the issues ends with a card that it was like an idea that Wade had had. Uh, and I'd, I was like, oh, that's a cool idea, but it doesn't really fit. I don't know where that would go. So I just made a card and stuck it. Like, we have a dartboard in our office, and I just, like, stuck it on the dartboard. Like, maybe in the future we can <laughs> right. use that. And it ended up being one that we needed, like, way or like, issues and issues earlier. We were like, oh, my God, that's the end of this issue. And it's just because it was like I, my eye caught it. I was like, sure. oh, my God. And sometimes just the act of getting that down yeah. will put it in, you know, put it yeah, in yeah. memory and you'll be able to come yeah. back to it later. Uh, how do you and Kevin work together? Laboriously. Really? Um, we, um, uh, Kevin, like fun. Uh, Kevin is, um, it's Kevin is a conservatory trained actor and I came out of the improv scene. And while we both have a great deal of respect for the creative process, we come at it from two different angles and, um, I don't necessarily work better, but I do have a ruthless efficiency to whatever level I'm writing to, and I, I get a, I get there a little quicker. Uh, and in turn, I would say that Kevin is probably better with story than I am. Interesting. Um, and so, what does it look like when you? Guys so, what it looks like is jumping uh, off from an idea. It looks like us pacing around his office um, with his his uh, fucking dogs yapping constantly. <laughs> we have to work at his house because he's got two dogs and I have two kids, so he he wins. You know, sure. he's like, and we can ignore his dogs. Um, <laughs> so we we go over uh, we go over to his office and we and we we pace around and we uh, we sit in front of a of one computer screen. Oh, yeah. um, That's what we do as well. We yeah. have one. We, we we don't always look at it, but we have it open. Like, yeah, and just. Bounce ideas around and wait. If you're looking at one computer screen, how does the other person check Facebook and update Twitter? It's really hard. It's really hard. You have your your cell phone or your iPad. All right. Yes. Good point. Um, And we we pace around and we shit on each other's ideas and then we go have lunch (laughs) and then we come back and we shit on each other's ideas and um, um, we go we 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 play this unspoken game of uh, uh, who's less grounded and uh, (laughs) um, because that's the big thing we're getting this year. Tickets to watch this. <laughs> I, yeah, we, I, we should start cool. selling them. Awesome. Um, Pull a chair up because it's funny too. Because we we that's the note we get uh, a lot. You know that, that, that was a big thing this year though. This thing this came a this lot this year. It's and it's funny because we got it more this year than last year. Mm-hmm. And but they want more grounded. Or they, they want don't? more yeah. grounded. Okay. They want more grounded. And maybe this is a more of a. It's funny too because as hour longs, especially particularly uh, network hour longs, mm-hmm. get more supernatural. They're really asking mm-hmm. for comedy to like. Yeah. Pump the brakes and really like what can happen in this world with these right. physics. Yeah. And you, you guys, your CBS show is similar to the show a show that Ben and I were pitching in that it's based on your lives, right? Loosely, yeah. yeah. Less and less with every with every draft, but of yes. <laughs> but that's I mean that's part of the pitch is this is us. This exactly. is the story. Uh, exactly. I don't but know how thing. to make it more grounded. Well, for there's, you. there's that, but there's also the. Um, I'll, let me answer the, the mm-hmm. first question. So then, yeah, we do the same thing. We, we bust our ass, take forever to outline. We yeah. extra long this year because we got a lot of notes. And now that we're at script, we are off to the races. And yeah. it's so much easier because it's, we have – it's, it's, Writing it's, jokes is way easier than breaking oh, story. So much easier. You know? So much easier. Well, you're getting to live in the characters a bit. And, and we also – it's a question of like, you know, do you want to go for like a, an ambling like drive around the countryside or do you want to have a road map? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the outline is your map, and the yeah. outline tells you exactly Absolutely. where you're going, and that way, 
with a, a destination in mind, it's okay to stop at this little roadside shack mm-hmm. with the skulls out in front and, and screw around there for a little bit, and that can be your little bit. to read this pilot. Um, <laughs> um, it sounds dark. It sounds really grounded, though. <laughs> um, it's so funny, grounded this year. My God, I get grounded from yeah. all corners. Um, and it's interesting. I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, we were starting to take it personally. Like, are we just like submitting some like crazy fucking Terry Gilliam thing every week? Yeah. And is that Pan's, what Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, I know. What am I like? Well, I'm sorry. Which all I my... totally watch. Oh, totally. I totally watch a half hour based on Pan's Labyrinth. Um, uh, but uh, um, what was the other uh, question you had about? Um, I'm so scattered today. Um, Anyway, but yeah, so we, we take a really long time to outline, and then uh, once we're at script, we're at we're on script right now, finally, and um, I'm not going to say we're sailing through it, but the work has paid off. Yeah. It's sure. much, much easier. And, and when you're at the script phase, uh, how do you guys divide up the work? We just take scenes. Really? Just back and forth, yeah. And then uh, I, you know, we'll write a scene, switch, do a pass on each other's work. Yeah, that's what we do, um, yeah. And there's so much less, by this point, there's so much less arguing because we know exactly where we're going. And now it's the fine-tuning of jokes. Yeah, yeah. When, we're, when we're talking in the room with each other, like if, if a joke, if I say it or Wade says it and we both like laugh, like one of us will lean over the computer and just write it into the scene like in a script mm-hmm. note. Like we got to just remember this joke. It made us laugh. We should, look, we should mm-hmm. consider making that. Just scene. in the outline phase. In the outline yeah. phase, yeah. yeah. You kind of riff through it, and you know, as you're talking, you're like, oh, that is a kind of a funny exchange mm-hmm. or a funny couplet. And we'll just put it right into the outline, mm-hmm. usually in a script note, something we can, as we go through, remind ourselves mm-hmm. a couple days later, oh, remember that couplet? We should, we should use that if it still holds up. Mm-hmm. You know? Here, here's, this is actually what I was going to say, is that we, we learned this the hard way because there was a while there where we were trying to do everything through telecommuting. Just because, again, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got the kids and um, and – and my time is is different, sure. um, and different. Um, my time is different. Time looks different for me. Well, we, you're, um, you're both working two yeah. two three jobs. You're also there's you also know, that you know, and, yeah. um, and there's you know we're both still doing working fairly steadily as actors. So there's a lot of bouts and forth. But we tried to telecommute our outlining process, and yeah. it really didn't work. No, it's we hard. need to be in the room together yeah, for that chunk, yeah. and and like hammer shit out because we waste a ton of time of him like coming up with a whole story arc and me going, I don't think that's gonna work at Mm -hmm. all that's way too farcical that's way too this and vice versa um you know him him telling me that why my my stuff isn't going to work so if we can cut that by like two-thirds if we're in the room together and just you know really quickly this the building Mm -hmm. with blocks and then yes we can be on opposite coasts and we're fine for the script yeah does does he live here or does he live in he He lives here oh okay but we uh we had to um we had to do a draft of Dark Minions this summer while I was in London. Oh, I see. And um, but by that point, we knew Dark Minions so well, and it was just doing a draft of the script again. Right. That it was we were literally eight eight hours apart. Yeah. I would get up in the morning and find the draft waiting for me while he was asleep. Um, and so we, we worked out right. that way. Yeah. I'm about, right. We're about to do that same thing with me. Yeah. Being, That's right. You yeah. get to work around the clock. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a day. It's gonna be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be 16, 16 hours ahead of Wade great. for a while. And we're working on a feature. That is going to be. Well, you're also going to be working in the future too, so that's going to be a weird thing. <laughs> I know. I wonder. I feel like I should with. do the first draft of everything then, because yeah, right? No, he should. Oh no, you're right. Because you'll date yes. it, and then he oh, won't yeah. know when it's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you right. need to do is you need to get all the information you can about Australian rules football. Uh-huh. Send it footy. to your friend in the past. You mean footy? footy. Yes. Uh, and send it to your friend who lives in the past and have him bet on it. What could go wrong? What can go wrong? You can right? quit writing forever. I've yeah. not I've not seen Back to the Future two, but I think it all turns out okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm certain it does. I'm certain it does. <laughs> 
Tell me about a little bit about uh, revisiting Dark Minions. Uh, how did the Amazon deal happen? That's that's so interesting to me. Uh, and in fact, we're going to meet with them this month. Um, this was really interesting. Um, first off, the, the big lesson of Dark Minions is that spec scripts don't die. Yeah. And if I could tell anything to your listenership, it is that spec scripts do a not good spec die. Script. A good spec script yeah. um, can really, as long as it isn't incredibly time sensitive. What about a bad spec script? Do those die? Bad script, spec scripts, I think those I can probably they... still live, too. Oh, um, dang it. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it, um, it languished everybody passed on it um uh this was what three three years ago three years ago um everybody passed on it um too crazy for network too mainstream for cable um too um there's a couple of uh drug jokes in it um not specific drugs that exist in our world but like outer space drugs (laughs) um and uh, we're uncomfortable with that and i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna talk about this too much in mixed company didn't uh the Sci-Fi Channel said there was no space for stoners on their network. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm submitting that without comment. <laughs> the, the channel that brought us Sharktopus said yeah. that stoners have no place on their network. <laughs> so that's. I have no comment about that. That they, that was in their their wisdom. Um, so it, it sat there, and my manager Joel Zadek over at Principato um, never forgot about it. To his credit, and then when Amazon sent out a call earlier this year for quote-unquote amateur submissions, um, they got what I should imagine were a ton of bad spec scripts. <laughs> and then after that didn't work out, they said, okay, that was reckless. Let's just go through managers. Yeah, why, did, why did we do yeah, that? Let's follow the TV model. And um, and that's, I mean, I don't mean to dismiss. Obviously, I'm sure there's amazing scripts out there that aren't represented. Right. Um but there's been, I, and I would point out to any listeners, there's been an interesting conversation about Am- what Amazon has been trying to do and what they've gone through yeah, on the Script Notes podcast, uh, on John August's podcast. Yeah. He's talked a lot about oh, it. Oh, really? It's, it's worth listening to. Oh, okay. I'm going to check anyway. that out. So, the, um, so my, my, um, we had written it as a vehicle for ourselves. As a live action, it, right? As a live vehicle action. As a live action vehicle yeah. for ourselves. My manager um, knew they were looking for some animation projects at Amazon. And submitted it as such. And that's the rewrite we had to do, mm-hmm. was to make it a little more animation-friendly, which mm-hmm. was a fun pass. Yeah, I was yeah say, really, that's not a bad pass it to, was, we, to we revisit We got to script. sit down and make it, frankly, less grounded and yeah, less beholden to the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah, the special effects alone you can now have. Yeah, that's great. So, well, within reason. Really? Well, it's going to be stop motion, so we do have certain really? tangible issues to deal oh, with. Um, but we can't go completely apeshit, apeshit with you know with with all the explosions or anything. But we obviously do have more freedom. Right. Everything's yeah. on a much much smaller scale. Um, we're not going to have to go to Tunisia to get a desert scene. You know, these these rather simple practical concerns are no longer a concern. So we we did that pass and. Um, I had to get on the phone. I had to get on Skype from London to uh, Amazon's offices and and kind of give them the vision for the series and some where we saw it going. And um, they got really excited about it. That's they got great. really excited. And did you guys have all of that work done? The where's the series going? What kind of world do we live in? We had it vaguely stuff? done. We had a couple okay. of future ideas. I mean, literally, like we had like a little notepad that said like Passover in space, and like you know, and so it would, um, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> that is awesome. If that gets yeah. picked up, I'm so excited to write the Passover episode. I yeah. can't even do next it. year on Jupiter. Yes, um, <laughs> and um, the uh, it's so funny. We everyone 
everyone mentions Jupiter as the planet that they when they when they mention something about the show, and it's true. We have we have so many Jupiter it's the jokes because it's huge. <laughs> Jupiter's enormous. You could fit like the Mars entire is out. Mars is totally played out. <laughs> Pluto's no longer you don't have a to planet. Tell me. Um, Mercury, though, under the radar. No one ever talks about Mercury. No. Mercury's it's gaseous. Like, is that why? Sure. No. no. <laughs> but Mercury will come there. Mercury is like Williamsburg 15 years ago. It'll totally. Mercury's going to be the place. Um, you basically just got the t- the idea of the tone of the show. Um, uh, so yeah. So we we gave them like a, a long term vision for the show because there is kind of a uh, a sequential arc to it. It won't be completely hmm. self contained. And then they seemed enthusiastic, and then we got to go and and talk to Animation Studios, which was just the that's most really cool. exciting nerdgasm yeah, ever. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, it was really fun. So yeah, uh, we're working on a stop motion. We're in the middle of casting so cool. right now, and uh, it's so funny. This this uh, this podcast is kind of like um, do you know that old SNL sketch where they're at the CIA Christmas party? I don't remember that. There's an old SNL sketch where they're all at the CIA Christmas party and and they're all talking to each other and they're like, "So, uh, Bill, how are, how are the wife and kids?" And well, I can neither confirm nor deny that I have a <laughs> wife and children. But and I kind of feel like everyone who comes on this is they're in we're yes. all in such varied stages of development. That there's really just so much we can say. Like I'm not going to tell you what the studio is, and I really can't discuss casting. Anyway, <laughs> that is yes. That's the listeners are used to it by okay. now. <laughs> okay, good. we have to talk around a lot of things, except for Josh Friedman. He'll say it. Yeah, um, <laughs> sounds like Hart's pretty open too. Yeah, yeah. Hart's Hart's Hart just okay. comes in and talks about how Fox wants him dead. Yeah. <laughs> They'd cancel me if they could. Send me back his, to Canada. His tirades, he had one on, your, on this podcast. It was, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait to get to the point in my career where I can just say whatever I want. Yeah. Right? Uh, i got to watch my tongue so much these days. I just want to be able to. Hey, start today. Start today. <laughs> Seize the moment. Seize the moment. You can make it happen. Um, are they doing 22-minute episodes? They're going to do 22-minute episodes. I have no idea how long a season order pickup would be. Interesting. What's been really interesting about Amazon is that we're working um, – yeah, there's no template. There's no. Uh, there's no boilerplate. Yeah. You know, the contracts took forever because they don't have contracts for this sort of thing lying around. So our lawyers and our ma- and our agents were like, we're not getting paperwork for them because they're writing the paperwork from scratch. Wow. So everything has wow. taken a little bit longer, which is also incredibly exciting. I mean, it's like I feel like I'm at like we're going to be one of the first releases of Sub Pop or something. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. this incredibly exciting, uh, nascent form of distribution. Um, so we'll see what happens. We're either going to be uh, we're either going to be the Mad Men to their AMC, or this whole thing is going to be a disaster. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where it turns out. I'm glad that there's no middle ground. <laughs> no, no. With, with Has, is there one though? Really, in the long term, I don't think there is. I... <laughs> like really. <laughs> Uh, and how have they been as creative partners? I mean, they're you know they're they've new been excellent. This. They've been excellent. I have to say, they're you know they the company is new to this, but they're people from um, uh, there's execs from uh, various cable outlets who are working, so they're used to working and guiding television and, and working with uh, in the creative process. Mm-hmm. The notes we have gotten, the suggestions we have gotten, have all been really on topic. And really, like, we know what show you're trying to make. Here are a couple ways we think you can make it better, and they've been spot on. Oh, that's great. We've been really, really happy with that's that. That's fantastic. Really great. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can't say enough good things about, about cool. them. That's great. Um, I thought having both of you here also would be a unique opportunity to talk about uh, a writer's job on set. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, since you just came from I that, did. Aaron, I and, mere hours. Uh, I would al- I'd also be curious about an actor's response to a writer on set. Oh, okay, because I haven't had anything produced yet. Right. So I have two animation credits for a Nickelodeon show like six years ago. But um, so <laughs> I, I first of all, that counts. Well, thank you. But it doesn't get you in the WGA. But, but there's counts. no set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, yes, what what is the writer's? Because uh, you because you. Right in L.A., and then the location is in Philadelphia yeah. for, for, no for Do No Harm. And for yeah. Finder, it was out of town, right? No, Finder was well, it was weird. Finder oh, was, right, here, was here uh, to it look took place like in Miami. But then yeah. we would shoot a few scenes each episode okay. in Miami to make it like any exteriors. Right. And which, then Good Guys was in Dallas. Dallas. But the, yeah. the room was in L.A. In L.A., yeah. yeah. So um, wait, where do you do you uh, – uh, oh, Miami, Marina Del Rey. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Everyone yes. fakes everyone yeah. fakes Miami and Maria, yeah. Marina Del Rey, and it works. It's yeah. fine. You run into the Dexter. I was gonna say, the hardest, the hardest, <laughs> that's for real. The hardest yeah. part is not getting Dexter in the background of your shots. Like a David Caruso wandered in again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, every show is different. But uh, obviously, like, you know. Well, talk, to, talk to us about Do No Harm since you were just well, there. Do No Harm is, I mean, the way that, I mean, this is, uh, every showrunner runs their has a different feeling uh, on how the writer's involvement should be. But basically, uh, you know, if you have somebody on set for the hair and the makeup, you should probably have someone on set for the words, right? That's sort of the philosophy. Um, some shows don't do that. I don't know I don't know how they, they pull it off. Because well, sometimes there's a seventh season show on the WB where the writers are not allowed near the actors. I know. It's just that... that I, I'm sure that's possibly... <laughs> it I, might be eight seasons at this point. Eight seasons. <laughs> I'm not going to say which show. I can't imagine... I can't imagine... That sounds awful creatively, and it sounds it sounds like the net result would be worse television, in my opinion. I, I could be proven wrong, but like I've never worked on a show where I wasn't there uh, producing the episode that I mm-hmm. wrote, or producing, in some cases, episodes that I didn't write that I was just there to help yeah. other writers who couldn't be there. Yeah. Um, but what the job is is to David Slack, who you've had on mm-hmm. on the podcast, who's a co EP of Person of Interest, said it best to me a couple years ago. He said, uh, "Everyone on set has their foot on the gas, and you are the one person who has control of the brake." <laughs> as wow. the, as the writer, you're the one person. Who yeah, has the interest. It, how so? Um, well, because they, you know, you're trying to make your day. You have a lot to do. And so people are just – there's a lot of moving parts to production. So you're just trying to get all this, all these pieces that are going to be edited together to make a television show. And the only person who's really being able to follow the story is the writer. Um, the director ideally should, but, like, the director oftentimes has a lot of things. I mean, they, they – good directors can do both. But, like, it's easy to – you know, you watch a take – of an actor doing a scene, and the director might be looking at composition, mm-hmm. movement, lighting, everything, and right. then somewhere in their performance, and then probably below that, the words. Right. He so, has a hundred other things to think yes. about. So, has to think about the micro, whereas the writer right. so if has a, the story, and an that's actor, it. Yeah, and so sometimes an actor will change a line that, if you don't know the script in and out, it sounds kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It has the same tenor it has the same rhythm of the line but it might actually change the meaning it might actually change uh the course of the episode if you're not careful um so that's one of the things that that i do on set is i watch to make sure we're getting the story Mm -hmm. the way that the showrunner wants the story to be the way that the writers in the room all decided this is what the story is so we're gonna like and some so some like what happens you know at least two times a day, there's a crisis that you avert by saying, oh, we actually need to get right. this shot or this line has to be specific because it's a callback to a line mm-hmm. that hasn't aired yet. It's going to be 
uh, two episodes down the line, this is like a payoff. This is the setup. We need to, you know, right. and not everyone there knows sure. that. So that's one thing. And then the other big part of it is the actors, especially on Do No Harm, um, are, it's a very acty show. Like, it's, it's a drama. So there's what we have, like, really, like, these are, these are. <laughs> Do explain acty show a little bit more. Well, I like to think most shows are acty, I but I want to well, hear you I think it's self explanatory. No, no, here's the difference. Here's the difference. <laughs> is it, like, on The Finder, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a, a whimsical, it wasn't, there was not any, like, big, heavy emotional mm-hmm. uh, scene. That involve okay. um, like like scene work. Like there was like everything was more um, fast and fun, and mm-hmm. we're taking you, we're telling you a story to you. Okay, that's going to be very breezy, and and you won't even know the hour went by. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you no know harm. There's it's like a fun drama where there's like these awesome scenes, like great acting scenes. Right. Um, and so sometimes on on the show, the actor will be like, I don't know why you want me to do this. I'm confused. Wouldn't my character feel this instead of this? Or I, I feel like this this line, the way you wrote it, makes my character seem um, like like I'm stupid or I'm not – I shouldn't I already know this plot point? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And that comes up a lot. And so your job is to be on set to rewrite it if, it, if you agree. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't agree, your job is to um, sort of argue your point or argue the show's explain, point. Sure. Explain, like, this is what we were going for. Um, this is why we want this moment. If the actor still disagrees, it's like, well – what what about it do you not understand? What part is bumping you? What part is making it hard for you to say the line? And then let's find a third solution that will get the accomplish the story point mm-hmm. without undermining the the plot. Sure. Um, and that you know that that happens on this show. It happened um, quite a bit. There's a lot of discussion um, because like any like this is kind of doing a play or something. Like the evolutionary process of the storytelling doesn't end the minute you send send your final draft document to production. You know like. The actors read it. They want, they want to have, they have opinions. You know, they mm-hmm. want to, they want yeah, to get it. It is a collaborative medium. Yeah, it would, so it's so it's not a combative thing. It's a really positive. I love that part, mm-hmm. like being on set with the actors and like figuring out, like, oh, I wrote a monologue here because it's and it's a great monologue. But <laughs> you can do it in two words and accomplish it. And we've we've you know we've maybe we're overhitting this, right? And we rehearse it both ways. We have the flexibility to try. Like, let's do it. Just do it the way it's written, and we'll hear it. And you're kind of watching it on a monitor, and you're like, "Well, yeah, maybe we don't need, but maybe we don't need all that stuff, or maybe we can find a more economical way to say certain things." Or, mm-hmm. or in this last one, we were like, I mean, there was moments one of the characters gets high. <laughs> sorry about the drugs, but someone like sure. drugs. <laughs> it happens. And, uh, tell and sci-fi we're sorry. Yeah. So, tell please tell sci-fi we're sorry. Uh, but we were like pitching the actors, and Wade and I on set were like pitching moments of like things that would be funny, right? Now that we were in the actual space, like once we had seen where we were setting these scenes, we're like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually what you you might be thinking is this. When we wrote it, we were kind of thinking a different set. Mm -hmm. It's kind of – it's changed. So that evolved in that way. So. Of that's course. that's you know, but with us we added we added jokes and added right. different takes or alternate lines like oh try this instead maybe it's mm-hmm. you know I'm looking forward to this program. Yeah, it's I want to see the show. It's really it's really fun. It sounds really like fun. a fun program. It airs uh, it airs January 31st. There you go. After the finale of Thirty Rock. Supposedly, Fantastic. I think that's right. I don't know the, the old LA Lost slot <laughs> is the old, no, it's the old ER slot. It's kind of, it's kind of yeah. a medical, uh, you know, medical that's drama, the medical slot, yeah. the medical <laughs> slot. Um, but yeah, I love producing on set because you are you are mm-hmm. there to protect the script and you're there to protect the show's integrity from the actors. No, no, no I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> it's at all. not. It, I, and I, I actually don't have that relation. Some no, people do I though. Know. Sure, you, you definitely will run into writers who have that. Oh, like, sure. If the well, actors would, would just shut up and say exactly what was written, absolutely. And I, my theory is this. I'm curious what you think about this, John. But when it comes to drama, 
Um, you can like the actors can find the emotional beats in different ways, and the in lines can be massaged based on the moment and it's awesome like letting those things breathe and an accordion out so that the actress can find the emotional beats i i don't blink an instant at that jokes are a precise mm-hmm. it's like it's like baking right you can't just sure. you can it's like baking versus cooking yeah versus cooking. baking versus grilling really yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. because if you if you're baking everything has to be the exact right uh, you know, ingredient. You know, everything is the right measurements. And if you just start changing words, like one word can screw up a joke. And oh, yeah. And sometimes an actor, you know, in the moment, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that they're they're not aware of it, but they, they, in the moment, they're on set. All the people, everyone's waiting. Sure. You know, you have 50 people, and they think they're they they have it in their head. And I'm like, I trust me. We have we have we <laughs> a bunch of writers. We wrote the best joke. we've already got through this you know and I'll even say I'll even say do your way for sure but please do one right with the with the wording that we have it's just better and you also have to you can also do that kind of thing let me give you a tip to working with actors yeah Um, you can we wander up to them and uh, or have the director do this and be like okay so we've got that um, <laughs> let me let's try one where we just let's do an AW just so we have it just so yeah. we have it just so we have it yeah um, and, and and make it seem uh, make it seem like they're involved in any decision at all. What, what I like to say is this: I go, I go so you're going to say it like that. <laughs> no, but see, that's terrible. No, that's that's terrible. terrible. That might not that's work. Exactly <laughs> not how to. Teasing. That is not how you care and feed for actors. I'm teasing. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I uh, I want to second most of what you said. Pretty much everything you said. Um, I agree that when you're doing drama, and I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to do like some of the like. I've never done like a really incredibly fraught hour long, but I've I've had some more serious stuff, and I've done a lot. I've also done a lot of multicam, and yeah, there's 20 different ways to get a dramatic moment. Yeah. There's maybe one occasionally two ways to land a joke. Yeah. And and it's really scientific and anyone who tells you that comedy is subjective shouldn't be fucking on set. Yeah. <laughs> so, um having said that, what's really interesting is that when you do multicam, which I've done a fair amount of as an actor, the actor, the writers are there constantly. The writers are mm-hmm. constantly there. The with, writers with give tons you tons of notes. alternates, right? They're throwing things, throwing you know. things at you on tape night. It's incredibly exciting. Yeah. The director is is helping out too, and helping with readings and helping with blocking. Um, but there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen, and I don't mind it because it's still a pretty. I mean, you work on something like Big Bang Theory is an incredibly efficient machine mm-hmm. at this point. They're on season six. Everyone yeah. knows what they're doing. Seasoned pros uh, in the writers' room, and I love having someone you know slide up to me and and. Pick me the new uh, all mm-hmm. joke, and I love that I don't have time to think about it. I just have time to fucking land it. That's super yeah. exciting to me. But the other thing that's interesting about um, having writers on set for hour lawns or any single camera really is that the director is as much of a temp as the guest star is. You know, he is not here all the time. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. uh, a lot of the directors who are working. I mean, you yeah. worked on Burn Notice or you worked around Burn Notice. A lot of those directors um, are guys who were making features in the 90s yeah. and are now making a really good living doing hour lawns yeah. uh, on cable. And they will do two or three a year, but they're not there all the time. So the writer is your one conduit to the cohesion of yeah. the series. That's yeah. true. To yeah. the whole general arc and like, you know, listen, the director doesn't know this. There's no way the director could know this, but this has to set up this. And this is something we always do on the show. Now, oftentimes on dramas, like you or there's a prep process where the writer and the director, you, you know, you have seven days or eight days depending mm-hmm. on the show. Certainly. To prep. And, and that is often a time where you are picking every location, every costume, every prop talking about everything and you're with the director so you you try as the writer in that process to say this is why 
we need this car to be this because the, mm-hmm. in the show, in the big scope of the show, this is like you try to help the director because it's true they come in and if they don't, especially for us, it's a new show. So yeah, like we have, we I worked with a great director on this this last episode and you know he hadn't even seen we're not even done there's no cuts to show anybody right. like he hasn't really? seen. Like he's like what? No, what happens in the? Has he even seen scripts? Uh, he's yeah, he's read some of the okay. scripts. Yeah, he he did as much research as we would allow him sure. to to see right without it being like conflict. You know, but then he would ask me like, That's what great. what exactly is what is that? What do you need from this? Or what do you? And then he, I would tell him what we needed sort of on an emotional story point, sure. and then he would imagine it. Like he would turn it into a physical. Like he'd figure out how he wanted. Like I'm not there to try to stand in the way of a director or screw up a no. director's. No, of course not. Um, I will say uh, anecdotally that. One of the we had this joke that was a joke that was in the writers' room from early on. It was, became a bet: can anyone get this joke into a script? Okay, and make it feel like real. <laughs> right? Was it like a? It, it wasn't a, a like a, a time specific joke. No, it could it's just, just like it could just get popped in anywhere. Yeah. Okay. And so and so people tried, couldn't. So Wade and I got it in. All right. And it made it all the way through the network. Everyone like they loved it. It works. It's a funny joke. It landed. So we kind of won the prize for our writers' room. <laughs> we got this joke into our script. And then on the day of the shoot, the actress whose line that was. Did not know this history of this joke. Sure. So she says, "What is this weird line oh, I'm saying?" Fuck. And I was like, and I, so I was like, "Well, it's kind of an inside joke for the writers." Oh and, fuck! And Actors like, ruin everything. She said. No, she says. She's like. She's like. Okay. Well, I guess what I would. I guess what I wanted to say was this instead. And so she pitched. She just said something, and it was so much better than that oh, joke. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. She was right on yeah. top of everything. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah, do yours, do yours. Oh. So then I got back today. I was in, in the office, oh. and everyone was like, I can't wait to see that joke. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's not in there. We cut it on set because in my mind, right. you know, if the, sure. if the better joke wins, like you got to let the – Absolutely. Absolutely. It's still heartbreaking, but you did the right thing. You yeah. totally did the right thing. I will I – will, I will, uh, if we get more episodes, I will definitely try to <laughs> put it somewhere else. Like I, I know, Text I, me when it airs, man. I, <laughs> I will. I will. Her joke was good though. I mean it was one of those moments where it was, it was still real. Yeah, Ours was so. definitely more like – Shoehorned it didn't feel it, but you could just tell. It was something about. I mean, she picked it out of a scene sure. that was a three and a half page scene. That's um, that was like a kind of a romantic, you know, really nice, sweet scene. She was like, "What is this one? This one little?" I was like, "Oh yeah, you noticed that, huh?" It wasn't grounded. It wasn't grounded. <laughs> we needed to be grounded this year. That's yeah. our thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before we wrap up, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what you guys watched on TV this year or saw in the movies that impressed you, that inspired you in your writing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very good. Well, anything off the top here? Uh, the two shows. I mean, this has been a weird year, but like, obviously, I think a lot of people are talking about it, so it's hard not to. But like, watching them put together Homeland season one was <laughs> really. Spectacular! Like it was just such a such a ride, and uh, and season two, I felt like I think a lot of people felt this way. It hasn't been landing as, as strongly, but they've been able to pull off some like reveals uh, so much earlier than the audience is ready for them, like plot twists. And I found that really, even if I don't love every episode as much as the first season, mm-hmm. the moments when they do that has been like <laughs> like. Uh, breathless, like I was like, I can't believe they just did that. Yeah. Um, so that one jumps out, and then on the sort of comedy side, the one that I sort of still champion, I love. I don't know, I love happy endings. It just makes me happy endings is a good show. I, I, I honestly, I, it tickles me. Like I look forward to it. It makes me laugh. That's a uh, great cast. Great cast, and uh, and the writing is Fast. is fantastic yeah. and quick. I, I did one teeny little role last season and had a blast working with those guys. Yeah, and. 
just the the comic energy on that set because yeah. those are six really funny people. Yeah. Um, and uh, I bet it's electric, right? Because they're just, just like they all are. It's pretty fucking electric, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, it's yeah. a really exciting place to work. I yeah. think Alicia is it Alicia Cuthbert? Yeah, Lisa, Alicia, uh, Alicia Cuthbert, Eliza Coop. Okay, I get those confused. She sure. is the like the unsung comedy hero on television right now. I feel like she is so funny, and I think people don't like she I, commits. Yeah, yeah. She I, commits. I hear a lot of crap about her from writers, especially, but I think she's really funny. I think on the she's show. super funny, and oh I find Zach Knighton because yeah. all the rest of them have like tons and tons of comedy cred. Yeah. But those two are the the romantic leads, and they also have you know they they, you know, they didn't come up through UCB or right. what have you. Yeah, um, they don't have the last name Wayans, but I think <laughs> they they a ground the show, and b I find him incredibly light and charming yeah. he throws away a line yes. with yeah. the best of them yeah. and she commits like hell yeah, i love it and she the, the episode i did um she uh, i'm sure i've seen it I it was revealed that she had a past as a bully and at one point she has to bully her sister mm-hmm. eliza coop and she's fucking terrifying one and two the whole thing played like a an homage to 24 which she was on <laughs> oh because she's got like eliza coop strapped down in a chair and she's basically torturing her and it was amazing <laughs> it was so good That's yeah awesome. I, I like that show a lot too yeah. I, I feel like, and I've said this on the podcast before, uh, and it's Acker's comment about it, that there is no joke unused on that show. Yes. Yeah. That they are like, what's the joke for this bit? Okay, we'll use all of them. And they go around the room, and yes. they do that on, on set as They well. improvise a ton. Did you see the, oh, did did you see the show where they, um, the episode where they, uh, they, it's basically the origin story about the real world Sacramento. Yes. Oh, my God. So good. Really funny. So they, smart. They did a really good version of real world as well. Like, they really you know, did. Like, it really oh. was... It oh my was very astonishing accurate. how smart that was. Yeah, I love I love happy endings. I, I'm this last season of Thirty Rock. They are going out like a Viking yeah. funeral. They are setting the boat on fire. They don't care who <laughs> gets them anymore. No. They are just they're I'm, like I'm, I'm oh, they're let's alienate everybody we can, and it's glorious to watch. They had a moment in I think the first episode this season where. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, when you get the characters so nailed down that you can write just the tiniest little thing for them and it's mm-hmm. hysterical because we know them so well, yeah. that astonishes me. And you can't do – there are jokes on 30 Rock that you could never get away with in a pilot because you right. need you need an intimate history with these people. Jane Krakowski walks in to find Alec Baldwin uh, sitting despondent on his couch and she says, what's wrong, Jack? You look like the postcard they told me means sad. <laughs> and I had to pause the TV and just walk around the room. I was like, my God. God, that's so that's so fucking funny. That's so fucking funny that she's in like some sort of emotion workshop because she's such a fucking robot. That's it. I, I just there's a part of me that just wanted to throw my computer out the window because well, yeah. forget it. That's amazing. That is I, game over. I um, the other one randomly. I'm trying to think of the other shows that I, I made time for. That I you know I watch a lot of TV. Obviously, we all sure. do because uh, it's our business. But um, Magic and because we like it. City. Well, no, but obviously we like it. <laughs> obviously we like it. Um, but Magic City. I did not watch I one episode. Avoided. Which one was Magic City? It's on Stars, and okay. they're doing a very right. similar thing. Oh, to... Magic City was on like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yes. the Vegas one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I uh, I avoided it when it came out because I was just like, what are they? Don't know what they're doing. You know, stars. Are, I I take it all back. It is it is really? Mad Men in meets Sopranos in Miami in the you know the late fifties, early sixties, and it's uh, it is good. It's yeah. really good. I recommend for people who haven't seen it. Just check it out. It's it's fantastic. Right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to throw a, a shout out to um, shout it. I just uh, discovered um, with my children Phineas and Ferb. 
Uh, so Phineas and fun. Ferb is great. Yeah, it's a great concept. It's so smart. It's so smart. So smart. And yeah. it's so it's, fast and funny. Yeah, it gets it gets my it gets my three year old a little too riled up. Um, <laughs> it's frankly. too funny. It's it too is. Funny. It's too funny and a little too manic. But um, I was watching and I was like, this is amazing. And sure enough, you know, Jen Kirkman shows up in the writing credits, of <laughs> yeah. course, because she's fantastic. And um, but I was I there's some really smart, smart, funny stuff on there, and it's not so smart that they lose their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my my five year old really enjoys it um my three-year-old shouldn't be watching tv anyway um look i got my hands full i'm trying to hold i'm trying to work i'm not judging over here thank you i think that kids should watch more tv that's no one has ever said that that's a terrible idea i don't have any kids but uh when i was i want you guys when i was a little kid one uh, one of the gifts for hanukkah that we got i remember seven we got eight televisions no we got we got i was able to uh i opened the gift and it was a card that said you get to watch uh one half hour of uh roadrunner that's amazing. And I was like, Specifically, the yeah, because I wanted that, that one was so violent, right? Right. I was not, and I was like, oh my god, this is the best Hanukkah ever! <laughs> oh my god, that is great. That is wonderful. That's a good. That game. half hour went fast. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it was like, it's crazy. Sure. Well, How about you? What, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are you? Yeah. Like? What are you watching, man? I am. Um, I still love the new girl. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's I love good. it so much. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. that she, the lead, continues to be such a basket case, mm-hmm. and they yeah. allow her to be that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's turned into this great ensemble. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, uh, what's his name uh, who plays Nick? I feel like has that same thing where he can just throw away a lot. Yeah. That Jake, Johnson. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah. Jake Johnson's yeah. good. Really good. He's so good. Really good. Um, him talking about his zombie novel with Rob Reiner on an episode, who played uh, Zoe Deschanel's his father. father yeah. Oh, really? It was so funny. Yeah. Like I, I could have watched that scene for fifteen minutes. Rob Reiner played himself on a on a Thirty Rock about two or three years yes. ago, where he's doing the Sex in the City tour of New York, <laughs> and he's in a limo. He's being driven around doing the Sex in the City tour. He's looking at the brochure. He goes, "Uh oh, Magnolia Bakery. Sorry, thighs." <laughs> Again, <laughs> paused the TV, walked around the living room, like God. Damn Damn, the show is so funny. <laughs> it's awesome. You don't even laugh at a joke that good. You're just like, well, yeah, you're, that's amazing. Your brain hurts. Why? Well, that's how I feel about like your your uh, Justified and um, Homeland and uh, yeah. Breaking Bad is just god. Oh, I, I didn't even mention no, none of us even said god Breaking damn. Bad. I think well, it's assumed. Break, it's assumed. You know, no one wants to talk about it anymore. It's like, uh, <laughs> is it? You know, I'm white and middle aged, so it's assumed right. that I'm watching Breaking Bad. Four out of the five writing uh, WGA. Uh, Really? Moms, four out of the five. For TV drama. For TV drama, Breaking Bad. That's, God, they have an amazing writing that's staff. Cra- like, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> that show. That's like nearly is. the whole season. I can't think of anything individually. else that's good, though. Uh, well, you're watching Revolution. I'm watching Revolution. I am watching Revolution. <laughs> oh my God, he outed you. He outed me. I'm watching Revolution. You know, it's, it's funny. My, I never see you tweet about it. I, I know I did. That's not fair. Did I absolutely did tweet about it. I absolutely did tweet about it. And I. Um, yeah, the thing about Revolution is it's funny because you watch – it's a post-apocalyptic show, but then you watch it in contrast to The Walking Dead, which smells. It's so filthy. Yeah. yeah. It's just like you it, yeah. it, it, you want to wash your hands after That's it. like the difference of networking and, and cable, really, in, a, in, a, in the most clear way. You can say these are two shows that have had yeah. no power. For decades, <laughs> yeah. And my, my wife, my wife stuck her head into Revolution, and she sees like the heroine and goes, mm, "Nice highlights," and walks out. <laughs> and, uh, and she's not wrong. Yeah. She's not wrong. But here's what I, I dig about Revolution: the general idea of like uh, it's really a word. Like even the generators aren't working. Like there's no power. They're yeah. back to the dark ages. So there's um, muskets and swords. I think is kind of badass. A yeah. steam train, which I thought was kind of badass. I think. Um, 
Uh, I think that Breaking Bad fans, John Carlo Esposito is on my TV yeah. once a week, and he's yeah. fucking yeah. great. He does. He, it's amazing how much he can bring to that. Uh, to amazing role. what he can bring to that yeah. role. I don't. I think Billy Burke is pretty charming. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Zach Orth working again. Mm-hmm. He's the bearded uh, Google yeah. executive. Yeah, yeah. I like that. He's one of my favorite actors, and he doesn't. I haven't seen him in years. I'm thrilled to see mm-hmm. his back on on TV. Um, so I will forgive it. Um, uh, I will forgive everyone's flawless manicure. <laughs> And uh, and yeah. I will enjoy the sword fights. I, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it's uh, for me too. It's easy to forgive those things. I I can't get hung up on those things. I'm still watching a TV show, and I like the pilot a lot. And I also like um, having worked just briefly with Eric Kripke, who created the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what he's really good at is his goal of putting a B movie on the screen every week. And I think he did it with Supernatural, and I think he's doing it again with yeah, this, which I really a, dig. I have to apologize, because I, I, I know that I'm in mixed company here. I've never seen an episode of Supernatural, but I want to go back now because um, because Revolution piqued my interest, and people love that show. People love it. People love Supernatural, and I kind of want to want to wander back and, and check it out. There's a lot of fun to be had. In yeah. They've yeah. Had, and they've had a lot of really terrific writers come through. I mean, Kripke is great himself at spinning out a story, but uh, like Ben Edlund and Adam Glass, a lot of uh, Jeremy Carver. Who there is a misconception. I have to address this. My character on The Big Bang Theory's name is Barry Kripke, right? And there is a popular misconception that the character <laughs> is named for Eric Kripke, which is not the case. Barry Why would it be? Um, uh, Barry Kripke is named for uh, Saul Kripke, who is a, uh, a uh, logic professor in uh, in the CUNY system in New York. That's hilarious. Um, so everyone with the sound of my voice. <laughs> has, has been corrected on that point, um, but yeah, no. This is this is me saying Kripke for Kripke. I'm enjoying. Uh, I, I am enjoying Revolution. I think it's it's really good popcorn TV, and uh, and it's doing well for the network too. I think it's doing really it's good hit, numbers. Sort of the yeah. only hit of, of uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. Side note, um, I'm a big fan of your performance on Supernatural. That one episode you did. <laughs> um, no, wait a second. Oh, that sorry, wasn't, no. I got confused. It's oh. funny. I had a, I had an audition for a Supernatural audition <laughs> one time. Uh, what was the the one where um, they're the two fanboys um, who turned out to be. Gay. Yes. I went out to play one of those guys. That was guys. a fun episode. Yeah, it was a really yeah. fun. What I read of the script, I really enjoyed. I was bummed that I didn't get it because it looked <laughs> like it was going to be really a, a good time. Hilarious. Uh, Nashville. Did you guys keep up with Nashville? I didn't, but people people like it. Yeah. I yeah, I'm still. I'm way behind. I'm way behind. Like I'm still. Them. You know, the, the pilot was really solid, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm still watching it. I think I'm, I'm a, definitely a few episodes behind. But all right. Uh, movies? Did you guys see any movies? No, talk to somebody who doesn't have kids, man. I'm yeah. sorry. It's uh, well, it's, it's screener season. It's it screen- is screener season. I've, I haven't even had a chance to watch. I've got a stack. The yeah. WGA gets the screeners, man. Yeah. Yeah. WGA gets the Welcome. screeners. You're really Holy getting the, the other benefit yeah. to the card. Is all the, I'm yeah. not even going to talk about that that po-ass union I, I've been in for 12 years. <laughs> Bless their heart. I don't yeah. know what kind of shack they're running over on Wilshire, but boy. Um, yeah. yeah, so I got a stack. Of, I have any, I, if I could have just two hours to sit right. down and watch Argo. Oh, are you're going to need more than two hours for any of these I know. screeners. I know everything's so incredibly That's the long problem. this year. Well, what did I see that I? You I know, it was a lot of fun. You know what? All, all. I mean, every writer in town is talking about this, but I will lend my voice to the chorus. I did get out earlier this year and see Cabin in the Woods, yeah. and I really did love it. Yeah, I, oh sure. Really, I, yeah, that was this year, wasn't it? I enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. It was shot. Is, it was shot in oh, I 1984. I know. <laughs> when, I, when I was doing the Good Guys, Bradley Whitford had it was telling me that he had just finished shooting it. Yeah, when we were oh doing, and that was like that was years ago. It yeah. sat on the shelf for a yeah. really long time. It's crazy, funny. and I, I guess it was Chris Hemsworth blowing up that made them made it releasable. But it's so good, it's so uh, crazy. I have to crazy. So I was uh, a little. So I was did the Home Alone movie that just yes. came out. Home and Alone five. five? 
We don't actually. The number's not in the title. ABC Family. ABC Family. Home Alone. Home Alone. Sink. The Holiday. Heist. Which we actually talked about. Yeah, on we the did. Wrap up last year. It turned out pretty good, I think. It turned out okay. it was really cute. But the, but the uh, there was like a 16 year old girl who's like the older sister of of the uh, the you know the lead boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, talking to her on set and was like, "What have you?" I was like, "I feel like you've, you're familiar. Have you done like what else have you done?" And she's like, "Well, I was in Cabin in the Woods." I was like, "What? what? Who were you in?" Uh, who were you in Cabin in the Woods? You remember Woods? that baby in it? No, she was like, "Oh no, I was the I was the well, she, she I was the girl at the end, like the zombie, oh, the all zombie undead girl. Oh, hillbilly girl or whatever." That's hilarious. Who had like one arm? I was like, "Oh my god, that was you?" She's like, "Yeah, this is actually my first like family friendly movie I've ever done. Everything I've done is like she's like I did a Terry Gilliam movie that was really oh dark." God. I was like, "Oh my god, that's, that's really insane." I was like, "Hi." Oh, um, I will recommend yes, l- which I did not expect to Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. I was ready to hate this movie. Really? Uh, and it is. That's very strange. I, I, I assumed it would be good, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not a fan of D Day, and I got through 10 minutes of War Horse. I'm pretty much done with Spielberg, who I, whom I love. Who and is he the is reason done I'm, with I want you. to make TV. <laughs> um, but the script is fantastic. Yeah. And we uh, got a copy of it. Yeah, go. we got a copy came yeah. in the mail. Oh my God. You I, really you are the script. You really are excited by this. W- I <laughs> am really excited about this. How's the health plan? I'm really I'm over it's the, the moon. Best. It's oh, it's so much better. Sag's than Sag. got a good health. Ah, Sag's got a good health no, plan. No, it's better, and you'll really see. You'll better. See. I have I just have surgeries like every week. <laughs> I, just, I go in for like that. I got my chits done. <laughs> Do you know how many children I've had since getting really WGA good for you, health? man? Yeah. Good for you because it's free. You don't pay a Yeah, nice. All right, good to know. But Lincoln structured super well. Um, I yeah. was really impressed with that. All the flaws in the movie are Spielberg's and Daniel oh my Day-Lewis's. gosh, really taking yeah. it all. You're just really drawing the line in the sand. I'm, I'm, it's because I felt so close to him, and now I feel oh, disappointed. Yeah, like I, I've loved his movies for most of my yeah. life, and now it's like your father disappointing you, oh. which he would appreciate. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having us. Such Thank a treat. you, Ben. Uh, it's always a delight. To have be a here. great year. Good luck on all of your projects. I'm yes. so excited for them. Next year on Jupiter. <laughs> Next year on Jupiter. There I am. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com.